0: You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak you through this word and impact your life for his glory. Well good morning and I also want to say uh, happy Father's Day as well to all the men in the room too um, and because it's Father's Day uh, I think we need a dad joke If you don't know what a dad joke is, no problem. It's basically a joke that's actually not that funny, but dad might find it quite funny. So here's a little dad joke to brighten up your morning. So what do you call a priest who becomes a lawyer? (laughs) A (laughs) father-in-law. Anyway, (laughs) yeah, some of you liked it. It's okay. Uh, That's enough of the jokes. You'll be glad to know, so... It's my pleasure today to share some things from the Word of God with you. And um, in a moment, we're going to read Psalm 27 together. And um, you know, I just want to say from the outset, I love the Psalms. The Psalms are an amazing part of the Bible. And um, I I love the fact that they have poetry within them. I love the fact that they inspire us in worship. Uh, You know, they they help us to praise God. They are hymns and they are songs. And that is great. The Psalms, however, I want to say this as well are more than just nice songs and hymns. Actually, the Psalms are really helpful in helping us in our life. If you read them and you understand them and you actually allow yourself to just um, hear the wisdom that comes from them, they can actually be really practical. And I I like to say this about the Psalms. The Psalms are not theoretical, they are experiential. And what that means is, is that it isn't someone's come up with an idea and gone, oh, this will be a nice thing to write about. Actually, what the psalmist does is they've most likely experienced something, which has meant that now they have a greater revelation and a deeper truth of who God is to them. So they've normally gone through something, normally like a trial or something that's been difficult, and through that, they discover this amazing truth, which helps them and is also helpful for others as well. So it's not just some life philosophy, but what I love about the psalms is that they are rooted in experience. And so when we face our own battles, they can be really helpful for us today as well. When we're going through things, because we can relate to what the Psalmist is saying. And so with that in mind, we're gonna read Psalm 27. So it's gonna come up on the screen. This is a Psalm of David, and I will read the whole Psalm for us. It says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? He will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, God, my Saviour. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desire of my foes for false witnesses rise up against me spouting malicious accusations. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and take heart, and wait for the Lord. Now, just reading that psalm is encouraging in itself, isn't it? When you read and you hear what David is saying. And what a powerful psalm! And there's so much that I could go into today. And I just want to say from the outset that these words of David are really inspirational. They're really inspirational and helpful because what I believe that this psalm does is give us a great perspective of how we can ensure that our battles and troubles do not overwhelm us, that they do not take authority over us. In fact, I would say that this psalm is what you would call a psalm of confidence, That when someone reads it, the idea is that they become confident. They become really confident. And if you don't believe me, well, the opening three verses help us to see this, where David says this, where he says, despite I'm going to paraphrase this a little bit. He says, despite everything going wrong, despite war breaking out against me, despite my enemies surrounding me, even then I will be confident, he says. Even then I will be confident. Or as the ESV says, the English Standard Version says, yet... I will be confident, and that's the title of our message today. Yet I will be confident. And what are you saying? In effect, is I will not be afraid. Nor is there any need for me to be afraid, because I have this confidence, this assurance that I have within me. Therefore, I do not need to fear what comes against me. Nothing will overwhelm me. You know, this is a tremendous confidence, church. I want you to hear this. This is a tremendous confidence that we need to take note of today. And if we were to look at like another New Testament passage, which I think expresses something similar, I think what I've picked today is Romans 8, verses 38 to 39. This is a great example, of what Paul said. And I love how he starts this. He says, For I am convinced, I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What he's saying is, I am convinced, I am persuaded. You're not gonna change my mind on this. I know I am confident that nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. He is convinced. I don't know about you, but I want this type of confidence. I want this type of confidence in God. And it challenges us today. Psalm 27, I believe, challenges us today to ask the question, do we possess this confidence? Do we possess it? Or what is my confidence actually rooted in today? You know, confidence in the world today is quite an important topic. People talk about it, you know, confidence. And I think the world would say that self-confidence is really important. Being confident in yourself, you know. You can do it. You can make it happen. You you have the power to change your life. And I think there are some positives in that. Don't get me wrong. I think those things can be quite positive. But I was trying to think of the best image to depict what confidence looked like. And I can't do any better than this. (laughs) There may be a better picture, but this this was all I could think of. And you know, Cristiano Ronaldo, I remember hearing an interview he, he did once, and I'll, I'll try and remember what he said. But he basically said, look, I know I'm good. And I know I can do it. I know I can make it happen. And I, I remember like, people were looking at him just like they were applauding him, going, yes, you are amazing. And I think these types of things are good. People can put confidence in their gifts and talents, their, their looks even. These things can be positive at times. But I also want to say this. Those things can only get you so far. You agree with me on that, yeah? Good. I even heard of something recently that I didn't even know about, which is that this idea that your looks will get you, you have confidence in how you look, called pretty privilege. <laughs> this idea that if I look good, I can get to wherever I want to go. I mean, what, an, what a crazy idea that is, but apparently it exists. So, going back to David, what is the source of his confidence today? What was the source of his confidence in that psalm? Well, I'm going to tell you what it wasn't. It wasn't a confidence in himself. It wasn't a confidence in his own ability, even though he was a warrior and had every reason to believe in his own ability. No, his confidence is in the Lord. His confidence is in the Lord. Even the structure of this psalm is presented in such a way where you're supposed to read it and go, the Lord is the focal point here. The Lord is the one I need to look at. He begins with, the Lord is my light and my salvation, the Lord. And then verse 14, he ends with, wait on the Lord. You know, the beginning and the end of the Psalm, it's about the Lord. And then within the body of the Psalm as well, there are 14 verses. The Lord is mentioned 13 times because he wants you to know, look, if you want to know what my confidence is in, it's in the Lord. It's in the Lord. He begins and ends with the Lord and the Lord is in it throughout. You see, it's not in himself. It's not in a man It's not in a woman. It's not in a sports star. It's not even in a lawyer or a doctor, not even in a pastor. It's in the Lord. That's who he's confident in. He's confident in the Lord. It's the Lord who is his confidence. And my hope today is that all of us would say, yeah, of course, my confidence is in the Lord. Jonathan, I'm here. I'm I'm a Christian. My confidence is in the Lord. Absolutely, that's where my confidence is in. But I think it's when... We get tested in life when things come unexpectedly that we start to actually really see what is our confidence actually in? What's it actually in? What is it actually that is the source of my confidence? You know, when war breaks out, when financial difficulty comes, when there are relational issues, when conflict comes, when we just have problems with our thinking, when our mind and our thoughts seem to go against us, when negativity surrounds us, when we suffer from ill health, I think it's in those situations we start to truly see what or who we're confident in. What we're actually confident in. Some of you know my story here today of different things that I've been through. And, um, you know, for me, I faced four years ago one of my toughest ever battles. Uh, I was four years ago diagnosed unexpectedly with a, a form of blood cancer and... I went through a nine-month period of intense treatment, which was not easy to say the least. And I'd never really gone into hospital much in the years before, um, just for minor things. And now I just seem to be living in the hospital. And I don't have time to unpack the whole story. uh, But what I do know is this, is that when I was going through what I was going through, I was shaken. And I started to fear death and fear the unknown. And you might say to me, Jonathan, we totally get it. You've been diagnosed with a horrible disease, something that's life-threatening. We totally understand that. And I'm not here to beat myself up or anything. But the problem is this, is that the whole situation revealed to me that my confidence wasn't entirely in God. It wasn't completely in the Lord. Even though I love Jesus, this whole thing shook my life because I think I always had this general self-assurance, self, kind of like this this self-sufficiency that, well, I'm young, I'm not going to get ill. You know, I'm young, I'm strong. Those things happen to people. Maybe when I get a bit older, those things will come to me. But right now, I don't need to think about that because I'm all good, I'm strong, I'm okay, I'm I'm a bit indestructible. I'm young and I'm okay. Maybe some of us have similar feelings sometimes. People who are young don't get sick. That was my safety net. But when I received the news of my illness, my self-confidence in my own humanity got stripped away. <laughs> got completely stripped away. In a, it was like a rude awakening. And I was overcome with fear, and I just wasn't prepared for it. And again, I want to be very clear. Fear in these situations is natural. <laughs> I'm not saying that I shouldn't have feared. I'm not beating myself up over this at all. It's understandable. We will have moments where we fear. We will fear. But the point is this. We don't have to allow our difficult situations to overwhelm us. No matter how bad they are, they don't have to overwhelm us. Why? Because our confidence can be in the Lord. Our confidence can be in Him. Now, God can heal and protect us from bad things, but it's really important that we know this as well. We're not exempt. Put your hand up if you've been through a bad situation. Some of you are lying, but it's okay. (laughs) Most of the room. Bad situations come. In fact, it's really important that we see this. We're not guaranteed a life without suffering. We're not exempt at all. In fact, the New Testament, and this is probably another sermon for another time, gives us a picture of suffering being part of the Christian journey. We have to understand that this is a really, really important thing that we have to understand. It is there and it won't go away. We're not exempt. But even if suffering comes our way, I believe we still can be confident in the Lord. We can still be confident in who He is. Hey, look, and I want to give you a good ending to everything. Praise God, I got better, you know. I've been four years now in remission and... And I thank God every day. I I only have to see my consultant every now and again. And she's been saying to me for the last four years, you're doing great, you're doing great. And I praise God every time she says that. I say, thank you. And you know, there was even one consultant when I was about to go through my treatment. She said to me, you might be back here in 18 months or two years. I remember just thinking, oh my goodness, it's been four years, you know, because the Lord has a plan and my times are in his hands. But the whole process did teach me this, that, I needed to adjust some things in my confidence in God because I was shaken and to a point that I didn't actually like what was happening to me in that moment. And maybe some of us today, we need to assess what or do we put our confidence truly in? Is it in the Lord really? Is it? Is it? And it's okay if you're assessing that today and you'll think maybe it isn't, but we can that can change. And going back to this Psalm, I just want to mention, I want to mention three very quick things firstly, which I show why David could be so confident in God. He was confident in the Lord or he could be confident because the Lord is his salvation. Verse one says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. What does that mean? It means the one who delivers him, the one who rescues him. The Lord is the one that rescues him. Maybe when he wrote this, maybe as David was going through this attack or whatever it was that he seems to be going through, maybe he was bringing to his mind, Lord, you've delivered me before. Lord, you've rescued me before. So I can be confident that you can do it again. I can be confident because you are my salvation. And I believe God can deliver us in our different situations depending on what we're going on. And in today, as, as Christians today, I want to be very clear. Jesus is our confidence. Jesus is our true picture of confidence, not through anything we've done, not through self, but through what he's done on the cross for us, through what he's done for us on the cross. By paying for our sins, dying on the cross, Colossians 1, 13 to 14 says this, for he has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. It's an assurance A confidence based on what Christ has done for us. He delivers us from our sins. So, do you know what that means? It means even if illness comes or sickness comes or death comes, we don't have to worry because we have eternal life in Jesus. He's changed where we are now. We're no longer in darkness. We're now in light. And whatever may come, we have an assurance, a blessed assurance, that Jesus has saved us. If you've accepted Him as your Lord and Savior, you have an assurance that cannot be moved. You do not need to fear. Secondly, the Lord is his stronghold or strength. So a better translation of the word stronghold in our, in our passage is strength. The Lord is our strength or his strength. And David reminds us here that God's power and strength is greater than any army because God is above all things and he's greater than all things. All things are in his hands. And today as well, which is amazing for us as well, we don't have to do things in our own strength but we have the strength of the holy spirit we've just been singing about that not long ago that actually is his strength it's Christ in me his spirit in me that strengthens me in the battle even when adversity kicks off against me i know i can be confident why because the holy spirit is in me he helps me to walk in confidence he helps me to live away and live in a way and a life yielded to god because i don't do it in my own strength because when i'm weak i'm strong in god through his Holy Spirit. He encourages our hearts and helps us in the battle. Thirdly, he is confident because the Lord is unchanging. The Lord is unchanging. I'm just gonna pick up on verse 10 of our passage where it says, though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. The Lord will receive me. You know, firstly, it's been great to celebrate fathers today. Apart from my dad jokes, it's been good to celebrate fathers today. And I think it's been really nice just to to honor them. We should do that. And the same with Mother's Day, absolutely. But I think it's also important to remember that fathers and mothers, or closest relationships in our lives, whoever they are, we're all human. I know sometimes it feels like to be a father and mother, you have to be superhuman at times. But the reality is, we're all human. These relationships, even a father and mother relationship, one so beautiful, it cannot guarantee that they'll always be there because no one can. No one can guarantee that. They won't always get everything right as well because sometimes we're not consistent. Sometimes relationships, closest relationships like a father and mother can change. When your children get older and learn how to speak back to you, they change. (laughs) And how you feel about them changes. Even the closest relationship of a mother and father can never be guaranteed to be perfect. There are limitations and certain things that humans just simply cannot fulfill. We just can't do it. I love this quote from Martin Lloyd-Jones, who was a great Bible teacher of the 20th century. It really impacted me. He He said this about this passage that we're focusing on today. He said, even if human love does not turn its back on us, there is a point beyond which it cannot go even when it wants to. There are certain secret problems, agonies of the soul with which a father and a mother cannot help, but God still can. Yeah. And even in the agony of death, when all human aid has failed, God is still with us. Yes. Yeah. Come on, love that. And I'm aware today that a number of us here who, who are in this room and Father's Day has come, this might not be a nice day for you. I, I, I totally get that. And as Martin um, really well put it, it, it can be difficult. And even for myself, today is a bit of a bittersweet day for me. That's just the reality. I love being a father. You know, I have an amazing son. He's brilliant. And it's a privilege. So it means that I can enjoy that today. But the reality is my relationship with my, with my father, my own father, was inconsistent. And full of disappointments at times and bad, bad experiences. And my father passed away a few, a few years ago now. But it was very close to Father's Day. So this day, it can always be a bit of an interesting one for me. And so I can understand where some of you might be today, if that's you as well, whatever that may look like. Even if your mother has passed away as well, I understand that as well. So I do understand how you're feeling, but I do also know this. I know this for certain, church. I am convinced God has been my everything. He has been my everlasting father. Regardless of what's happened to me, he is my everlasting father. Do you know why? Because he's unchanging, He will not abandon you. He will not forsake you. He is consistent because he has no limitations. So therefore you can trust in him because he's unchanging. You can be confident in him. This is why we can be confident because he's unchanging today. When all those relationships don't work or fail, we can be confident in him. Anyone hearing me today? This is why David could be confident. So, we know the Lord is our confidence, are we? and we've seen why He's confident. We've looked at three different reasons why He's confident. But how do we grow in this confidence? How does one grow in being confident in God? How do we access it? Well, I think David again gives us an insight into this. Let's look at verse four together. He says, One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord. And to seek him in his temple. And to put it simply, I think what David is saying is that you need proximity. In order to grow in confidence in the Lord, you need proximity. David said, This only do I seek. This is the one thing I do that I may dwell or seek to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Wow. (laughs) That's the one thing that he seeks. He keeps pursuing God. He chooses to be where God is. That's what he wants to do. I'm going to be where God is, then I'm going to be confident. I need to be where he is. I need to keep myself being there. My being is totally concentrated upon God. Now, I don't think that David is saying you need to live like a monk and go and live in a chapel and go, right, I need to be in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. And you don't need to keep knocking on the door saying, I need to be in here because Jonathan preached this message that I have to come and be in the house of the Lord all the days. What I think he's saying is that connection is really important. And through the Holy Spirit, we have that connection, don't we? Through what Jesus has done, the Holy Spirit brings and ministers the presence of God to us. We have to remain. We have to remain in Christ, to desire him every day, to desire his presence, to know more of him, to pursue intimacy. That's how David maintains his confidence in the Lord, by being where he is, by being close to him, by keeping close, so that when the storms come, if anything kicks off, which it can do, as we can see from this psalm, he's not going to be shaken. Yeah. Why? Because he's he's got that close proximity to the Lord. I don't know if you remember last Sunday. Um, it was a hot day, and then do you remember, like in the evening, a storm came. There was one last night as well, which woke me up and. Uh, but there was one last Sunday as well. And it was quite loud, like the the thunder came and it was, you know, battering down with rain. And my son, Joel, he's four years old and he came up to me. And um, the reality is he's four years old going on 40, if I'm being honest. Some of the things that he comes out with, some of the things I'm like, how have you learned this? Or how have you understood this? And he could hear the storm and it was close to his bedtime. And he'd obviously got a little bit scared. And he said, daddy, He said, there's a scary storm outside. He said, so I think that little boys and girls tonight shouldn't sleep on their own. (laughs) And I said, oh, really? He goes, yeah, yeah. He says, I think you need to stay in my room tonight. And he said it so cute. I was like, how can I refuse such an amazing invitation? So I agreed to to lie next to him. Basically, until he settled down and the storm went, and you know, he he calmed down and he went to sleep eventually. And and the point is this: I didn't really actually do anything much. My presence was enough. My presence next to him was was more than enough. He was no longer afraid just because I was there. I was there. That was it. He was like, "Daddy's here," you know. And the reason why he's confident is because he knows me. I'm a safe place to him. I'm a safe place. He's like. Daddy's there. It could have been. There could have been war outside. He don't care. He's like, Dad's here. My dad's here. It's, it's all good. It's okay. He's here. And the reason why it's, why he's confident is because I we have relationship. He knows me. He knows the way I am. He knows I'm there to protect him. He, he looks to us for everything at the moment. Now, my, my hope is that, my prayer is that he'll grow up to just look to God for everything when he understands. Obviously, that's the best thing I can ever uh, tell him to do. But at the moment, that's what he sees. And... You know, having that closeness, that continual closeness to God, it is that that gives us confidence in the storm. Then we know we have something to lean into. You know, it's that closeness to God which is so important that when the battles come, He makes all the difference. I also want to clarify this as well that believing in God, believing in God in a moment is a good thing, but it's only the starting point. You have to pursue God. You have to keep on believing him. It's just a starting point. When you believe God, I think it's a beautiful thing to believe God, to come to know Jesus and believe him. But I also think this: mere belief will only ever get you so far when stuff kicks off. Yeah. It will only ever get you so far when the battle comes. This interesting verse from James, James 2, verse 19 says this. He says, You believe that there is one God. Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. Yeah. What a verse. <laughs> <laughs> So what I think he's saying is more is needed. And I would suggest that God must be the supreme focus of your life, the absolute everything of your life. You know, everything must come to him. Everything that you are must be about him. He must be your everything. It isn't just about believing in a moment, but you've got to keep on believing, remaining in him, remaining, being where he is. I told you that during my journey with cancer, I realised that I needed to reassess my confidence in the Lord. And you know, I don't have anything ridiculously profound to share with you on that, but um, over the last two years, my key prayer has been this, that God would be my everything. Yes. That God would be my everything. Absolutely everything that I think about, it would be about him. So that if anything kicks off, if anything comes, even if some illness comes again, which it might, I know God's got me. Yeah. I know I'm secure. I'm in a safe place because he's got me. I, I may fear, I may have some troubles, but God is with me but what I need to do is I need to keep focusing on him. My life needs to be curtailed and, and, and lived in a way which is circulated around him. Simply, he needs to be my everything. So that means being more intentional in spending time with the Lord. I need to be where he is. That's what I need to do. And I'm learning that through prayer, that is so important. My prayer life is important, but just generally, just to have my life yielded to him is so important. Now, even in my prayer life, I've come to understand a bit more in these last couple of years, just that my prayers have to be fruitful. Does that make sense? Like my prayer life has to be healthy. Now I can pray to God, and I have done this in the past, where I just say, God, help me with my need. Help me, help me, help me. But actually prayer is about us coming to God, where he's at. Seeing where he is in heaven, not just saying, God, come to earth and help me, but actually God, where are you at? That's where I want to be first. It's about understanding that we come close to him. And I just want to share four quick things that I think can help us in our pursuing of intimacy in God. Four things that I think are really helpful in prayer, but also even in in general, these are really important things, especially when the battles of life come. First thing I want to say is this, we need to learn to listen. Listen to your father. Listen to God, see what he wants to say. You know, before I say anything, what I try to do a lot more of now is I just open the word and I say, God, what do you want to speak to me about? Through my devotional, I just say, God, I want to meditate on your ways. I want to meditate on your word. I want to seek more of you. What do you want to say to me? And I invite Holy Spirit to speak. Before I even get to what I want to get to, I'm like, God, what do you want to say? And you know, it's interesting. When you're in the battle, it's amazing. That's all you can think about at times. But we forget to leave room for God to speak because maybe he's going to say something that's going to be really encouraging. Not maybe, he will say something that's really encouraging. Even putting myself in places where I can listen to God. You know, we've got prayer and praise next Friday. If you've not been before, come. You'll hear from God probably through praise and worship or prayer. Just put yourself in places where you can hear from God. I always say to people as well, go to Life Group, not just because we tell you to, but it's good for you. Because someone may pray for you or speak a word of encouragement over you that you need right there and then. Go and be part of the community because that's where God is. Be where he is, but listen, have your ears open to him. The second thing quickly, uh, adoration. It's important to bring adoration. We've been doing that earlier, just bringing adoration to God. And I think the really important thing is as well is to, to not just again, come straight away. This is what I need you to do, Lord. But actually I remind myself like David did of who God is. He's my rock. He's my salvation. He's my healer. He's my reconciler. He's the great I am. He's my all in all. There is no one that compares to me. He, he's the beginning from the end. He's the alpha, the omega. My times are in his hands. I declare these things. I say, Lord, you are my everything so that when the battle comes, I already know what God can do. I remind myself of his goodness. I remind myself of his greatness. I say, he's my peace. He's my father. He's my Father, you know, He's the one I can come to. He's my Almighty Father. In everything I go through, I know I just come to Him and I adore Him and I praise and worship Him. I worship His name. And I regularly declare those things. Why? Because they are true. Now, my situation may be true, but this is also true as well. And I need to remind myself of who God is. Thirdly, then, it's important to bring petition. (laughs) I talk about my situation to God. I talk about it, I might lament. I'll be real, I'll be very real. I go, God, I really hate this. And I've done that loads of times. Lord, Lord, I really hate this, I can't stand this. And I bring my petition to God, but I don't just bring it to him saying God sort it out, but I bring it to him already knowing that I've listened to him and that I've declared who he is. So I go into it confident, knowing that he can do what he wants to do. That my posture has changed. And fourthly, this one is the hardest one, Submission. What I try to do, and what we should all try to do, and this is the hardest thing we surrender to God's will. We submit to Him. Simply, we wait on the Lord. I say, Lord, I will wait on you now. I've brought what I've brought, but I'm confident you'll do what is needed. But I trust you that your will be done. Your will be done in this situation. But I don't wait in fear. I don't wait in fear. I wait knowing that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I wait with expectation that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, knowing that he will do what he needs to do. And whatever happens, his will be done and I can have peace. I can have peace. Can I bite the band up? Thank you. Doing these things can help us, I believe. I I do my best. I'm not here saying I'm an expert, that you'll catch me doing these every day I can't say that but I do try to apply this as much as I can in my life especially because I know that if I'm going to be confident in God I need to position myself to be confident in him and as we respond today there may be some of us here and you've maybe had to assess what is my confidence actually in maybe you're in a battle right now and you're like I mean I'm going through something right now and I don't even know what I'm confident in anymore because the battle can actually have its way with you a lot of the time. And that's not a criticism, it just happens. But maybe today you need to come to God and say, God, you are my confidence. I'm going to be confident in you. You are my confidence. I want, maybe you need to even maybe adjust some things in your life and say, you know what? I've been confident in the Lord, but not truly in everything. And I want my life to be reflected that actually God is my everything. That everything is about Him and it towards Him. So that when the battle does come, I have something to lean into. And as a response today, just before we worship, I'm just going to give people an opportunity to respond. If if maybe God has spoken to you today and said, yeah, there's this thing going on or there's something here which isn't quite in line. Maybe you just say, yeah, my confidence hasn't been in the right place. Maybe fear has been allowed to rule over you. I want you to take a step today. I want you to stand if this has spoke to you or stirred you in any way. Just stand where you are. Thank you. Great amazing great thank you great I'm going to give some time because I think more people do need to stand to put your confidence truly in the Lord great thank you yeah excellent brilliant I'm going to give more time because I think more people need to stand Yeah. I'm just going to pray for you and pray that you would know this confidence in God or, or pursue this confidence in God which comes through intimacy and just pray that God would give you a different perspective on what it is you're going through that you would know that you can be confident in Him and where you are now, if those of you who are standing, um, why don't you just put your hands up to heaven now? Declare that you're, 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 you're reaching out to, to the God of heaven. <laughs> Lord, I thank you, God, today that you see every situation, you see every battle, you see every difficult thing, Lord. <laughs> but Lord, nothing can be above you. Nothing overwhelms you. So therefore, Lord, we can be confident in you, as David said, Lord. When the trials come, Lord, when when war breaks out against us, Lord, Lord, I thank you that today, Lord, that we can say, we can be confident no matter what may happen. We take confidence in your salvation today, that guarantees, Lord, our inheritance and guarantees, Lord, our eternal life in you, Jesus. And I pray for every person here, whether it's a situation or whether just a general realignment to you, God, I pray, give them, instil in them a new confidence in you, Lord, a confidence that is unshaking, a confidence where fear doesn't have its way, but your ways and your word have its way. Lord, I speak to every situation, Lord, which is overwhelming them, Lord. Lord, we pray, Lord, would you be their shelter today? Would you be their safe place, Lord? Lord, where we need to maybe change some things in our life so that everything is about you. Everything is, is turned towards you, Lord. Lord, I pray, help them to take those steps to be more proximate to you, Lord, to be more close to you, God, Lord. So I pray for every single person here, Lord. Lord, would you bring breakthrough as well? Where healing is needed, where where conflict has come, bring peace, God. Where diseasement has come in minds, Lord. Where there is there is issues, Lord, with thoughts, Lord. We pray Your peace to come, that transcends all understanding, Lord. And we ask it all in Jesus' mighty name, Amen.